Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your Wednesday. Of course, you can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, and the podcast to be named later, all at BatteryPower.com, at Battery Power SBN, across all forms of social media, and free on all podcast platforms. Wherever you choose to listen, that's where we'll be for free. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get the latest content when it comes to the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. And the latest is this. For the third time this season, the Braves have won a series. That's right. Coming off a you know pretty less than ideal weekend when it came to facing the, the off against the San Diego Padres. You know, the Braves' offense, it was kind of quieted. You know, with some struggles pitching. The Braves' offense, thankfully, has kind of found its groove again against the Cincinnati Reds. And the great thing about it is is that over the past two games, we have seen proof as to why the Braves are such a good team. And we've seen proof that the Braves' depth, despite all the injuries that they're facing at this point in time, it still could be advantageous. Because the Braves, over the past two games, have shown that at times they can win with the long ball, as well as, you know, it being, you know, one person like it was, you know, one main star like it was for Sean Murphy on Monday night, or they can combine the long ball with an overall good offensive performance with everybody contributing like they did on Tuesday night. And that was the big thing that stood out from Tuesday night. On the night, last night, the Braves lineup Eight of the nine starters contributed with a hit, and the only person that did not get a hit was Sean Murphy, who had two walks and two runs himself. So last night was literally a complete team effort offensively when it came to the Braves being able to win the game. That's the first takeaway from last night's game. It, you know, the Stars contributed. You know, Ronald Acuna Jr. had an RBI single. Matt Olson had the hardest hit ball in the history, or, you know, in the history, in StatCast history when it came to the Braves. So they were able to use the long ball at times, but they also were able, you know, with Ozzy Albies hitting home run number 100 of his career. Great to see him, you know, getting, you know, a good offensive game under his belt. But that's the thing that really stood out. It was the balance of the offense. They used the long ball, but everybody contributed as well. Again, eight of the nine regulars in the starting lineup were able to contribute a hit, and Sean Murphy, the only one that didn't, 
two walks, and two runs. So a balanced offensive performance by the Braves, not only in terms of the lineup, but also the fact that they were able to come from behind to get the win. That was a great aspect of last night's game. When you didn't have just a one person like Sean Murphy, you know, emerged as being the true difference maker on Monday night, it was a complete team effort from the Braves offense on Tuesday night, and every bit of it was needed in a 7-6 to victory. The other takeaway, of course, was Kyle all right, making his season debut, and, and much like his first minor league start of the season, Kyle Wright very much struggled in the third inning. But the biggest thing for him, both him and the Braves is that, you know, he made it through the start, you know, re relatively unscathed. His velocity was there. It looked like his movement was there. His control definitely was not. We have seen this before. You know, this looked like one of Kyle Wright's starts earlier in his career. I'm not saying that there is a true concern that, you know, hey, he's going to revert back to that version of Kyle Wright that never could really stay consistent. I'm just saying with it being his first start of the season coming off, you know, a bit of injury concern, it was just at least good seeing him out there, seeing him be able to, you know, work through a few innings, work a few few times through the lineup. Obviously, you hope the control is better as time goes on, and I think it will be, but him being, being able to go out there and at least step on the mound, that was great to see. And then, of course, the Braves get down 4-1, and then the offense takes over. You know, we talk about the fact that, you know, Sean Murphy was able to contribute with two runs, but Matt Olson's home run, then, uh, then Acuna was able to, Acuna Jr. was able to get an RBI single. But after that, it was, the, again, the surprise sources. Now, don't get me wrong. Ozzy Albies contributing is not a surprise, but with how much he struggled this year, it was great, awesome, amazing to see that he was able to hit a two-run home run in order for the Braves to be able to tie the score. And then Sam Hilliard, who has done an excellent job filling in so far for Michael Harris II, at, since Michael Harris II went on the um, injured list, Sam Hilliard was able to deliver the uh, the game-leading double to make the score 5-4, to four, and then the Braves added on from there. Yes, Joe Jimenez gave up a two-run homer um, in, the, in the top of the eighth, but the Braves were able to get the job done um, despite the fact that they went back and forth with the Reds. But one other key aspect from last night's game, we talk about the depth of the Braves, and we talk about it being a complete team effort. Last night, there also has to be a huge, huge thank you to the Braves' bullpen, which had been an aspect of this pitching staff that had struggled a bit you know, in recent games. But last night, the Braves' bullpen got the job done. Not enough positive words. Not a, I don't know if there's enough positive descriptive words in the English language, and I'm not trying to be dramatic, to talk about the job that Michael Tonkin did last night. Three innings pitched, only one hit, three strikeouts, both him and Jesse Chavez being able to keep the Reds' offense silent between the fourth and the seventh innings when the Braves were able to go da from down four to one to up seven to four. That's what made the difference in this game. And again, it goes to showing that Alex Anthopoulos and the front office consistently know how to make those moves on the margins. When we're talking about a victory, and I know it's against the Reds, but when we're talking about how much talent the Braves are, are, are without right now, 
And the fact that players such as Michael Tonkin, such as Jesse Chavez, such as Orlando Arcia, such as Sam Hilliard, those type of players are playing big roles in getting these victories, that just goes to show from top to bottom how often Alex Anthopoulos and this front office are continuing to find players to contribute. But the biggest, biggest benefit of all last night were the middle innings work of the Braves' bullpen. Both Michael Tonkin and Jesse Chavez continue to do absolutely well in their roles, and they, the fact that they're doing well in their roles, you never know when they're going to play a huge part. And with Kyle Wright struggling, the Braves once again having a short outing from their starter, Tonkin being able to Tonkin and and Chavez being able to work four combined innings, it really helped out the bullpen and also allowed for the Braves to regain the lead. So not enough can be said about how awesome both Michael Tonkin and Jesse Chavez were for the Braves to get their victory. So again, this team is continuing to find multiple ways to win. One night, it's again one player ste stepping up and standing out to get the job done. The other night, along with an excellent start from the Braves starter, and then the next night, it's a complete contribution from the Braves' entire lineup, and it's a dominant night from the Braves' bullpen. And also want to put the spotlight on Nick Anderson, who got his first save of the season for the Braves. We talk about a reliever who's really going to be able to step in and potentially play a huge role for this Braves bullpen, especially when they get Mentor back going right, they get Colin McHugh, they get Rysel Iglesias back. Nick Anderson could be a huge weapon as time goes on. So an excellent overall effort from the everybody in the Braves lineup and a great overall effort from the bullpen. It was the depth that got the job done tonight and that continues to be a key contributor to the Braves' early success in 2023. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. 
It seems that to start the second segment of the Daily Hammer, nearly every version of the Daily Hammer that we've done over the past few weeks, it's been providing pitching updates. And it makes sense, though, with all of the pitching injuries that the Braves have been experiencing. Well, obviously, um, Tuesday brought with it some positive news on multiple fronts. What we'll get to on the other major news from Tuesday here in just a second. But along with Kyle Wright taking the mound for the Braves making his season debut, it was also reported that Max Reed continues to show positive signs as he works his way back from the hamstring injury that you know put him on the injured list after the first game of the season for the Braves. Uh, he continues to do a lot of you know his regular ramp up work when it comes to his arm there's been no setbacks there he can he's continuing to gradually ramp up the usage of his legs and so it looks like you know towards the you know perhaps middle of next week or early next week Max Reed could be back on the Braves hopefully you know once we get past the weekend series with the Royals we might be able to talk about Max Reed making a start towards the latter part of you know the upcoming road trip so definitely a great development to see for the Braves and the fact that they're going to get, you know, one of their biggest, most important uh, players on this team back potentially in time when it comes to uh, Max Reed. So hopefully that'll happen sooner rather than later. But of course, there, there also, you know, is the fact that, you know, with that positive news of Kyle Wright making his season debut as well, well as Max Reed working his way back, there also, in my opinion, was the news that I'll be honest, it bummed me out a bit. There was the announcement that, unfortunately, that right-hander Ian Anderson, uh, we had talked about seven to ten days ago about the fact that, you know, once Anderson had made his first start of the season, if you go back a couple of Sundays, um, Anderson didn't even make it out of the first inning. He struggled mightily at times in spring training, really struggled in his first minor league start. Well, after that, he was placed on uh, the seven-day injured list in the minor leagues, and the reason why was because it seemed like that he was dealing with an elbow ailment. Well, it came, you know, out yesterday that Ian Anderson will undergo Tommy John surgery. And of course, that means that his 2023 season is done and that, you know, at the earliest, he'll be back at some, you know, point probably towards the middle of 2024. And the reason why it bums me out is because it's just, it's unfortunate to see what has occurred with Ian Anderson, a pitcher who stepped up big time, in big ways for the Braves, especially in the postseason. You know, you go back to the 2020 trade deadline, and we're trying to figure out why the Braves, you know, the only move that they made at that time was Tommy Malone. Why did they not go with another option? Well, it was because the Braves really wanted to trust their young pitching, and, and at the forefront of that trust was Ian Anderson, and it was just amazing to see, you know, through the 2020 and, and 2021 playoffs, you had not seen, it had very rarely be, been seen, a pitcher at the age of Ian Anderson consistently be able to get the job done like he did in the postseason, and of course, that was so promising for the start of his career, which has definitely, you know, been a lot of fun to see. There have been times when Ian Anderson has absolutely been a great part of the Braves rotation. And, and if you go back two years ago, you know, when you're projecting out the Braves rotation, you know, from 2021, five to seven years out, you definitely expect Ian Anderson to be as much a part of that rotation 
as Max Freed, but unfortunately it's just not worked out that way. Last year, a lot of ineffectiveness, a lot of struggles. He dealt with injuries after he went down to AAA, and now for him to basically have a lost year last year in terms of finding, you know, it really being hard to find any type of success to now in 2023, him undergoing Tommy John surgery, this is going to be now, you know, it, It'll nearly be two and a half years once he returned. Once he returns, you know, next year, it will nearly be two and a half years since he really was a consistent source of success for the Braves. And for that reason, you know, you start to really, you know, think, okay, what can the Braves expect from Ian Anderson moving forward? That's not a question to answer now. That's going to be a question to answer as time goes on. But it's just very unfortunate for Ian Anderson with how successful he was at the early, the early part of his career. And we know how talented he is for him to have run into the struggles and now, unfortunately, to the injury issues. Wishing him the best. Hope he makes a quick recovery. And more than anything, just like Michael Soroka, hope that Ian Anderson is able to bounce back and hopefully, you know, get, you know, some get the rehab under his belt, and when 2024 comes around, perhaps he can be, you know, get back to being a solid contributor for the Braves. And to me also, this is a question to obviously have at another time. You know, with Ian Anderson now being a pitcher that the Braves really can't rely on in the present or even the short to long-term future, what does that mean for the rotation, obviously? Because after this year, you wonder, okay, you know, what are you going to do to fill the rotation spot that Charlie Morton has taken up? What if Kyle Wright is not the same pitcher this year that he was last year. What about the long-term future of Max Freed? The point that I'm trying to get at is, is that with Ian Anderson no longer being that, you know, trustable cog of this starting rotation that you hoped he would be in the present and the future, with him no longer being in the equation as a reliable part of the rotation, it makes the short and long-term, you know, outlook for this starting rotation uh, a bit cloudier, you know, because in the short term, there's definitely a chance that this rotation could be one of the best in baseball instead of you, especially if you can go a long period of time with Max Freed, Spencer Strider, Charlie Morton, Michael Soroka, and Kyle Wright be in that rotation. Beyond this year, if you can rely on Freed, Strider, Soroka, and Wright, you're still in fine shape. But Ian Anderson no longer being, you know, a, a reliable option, at least for this year and likely next year, that definitely takes away some important depth that the Braves thought that they would have for this rotation. It takes some of it away. So others stepping up, like a Bryce Elder figuring it out to where he could be reliable depth. One of Dylan Dodd or Jaron Schuster being able to perhaps contribute down the road uh, later this season. That will be important developments to see. But the fact that Ian Anderson, though, though, it was hard to really rely on him. It was understandable that the Braves not ever, may not have really expected much from him this year with his struggles. The fact that he now is not available in any capacity, it's definitely significant. But wishing the best for Ian Anderson. Hopefully he's able to work his way back. And then once he's ready to go next year, he'll be able to return to form as time goes on. So Atlanta enters Wednesday 8-4, and four, and they will look to, you know, get their second series sweep of the season, their second series sweep against an NL Central opponent on Wednesday as the Braves will be able to send Spencer Strider to the mound against Hunter Green. And I know that there have been several who have, taught, who have circled this matchup on their calendar, and for good reason, two of the hardest 
throwing young pitchers in the game, two of the more talented young pitchers in the game facing off against each other. This could be a game, I know if you follow Sarah Langs and, and others on Twitter or social media, you know, we always talk about, you know, these games where there's just maximum velocity, time in and time out. This could be one of these games where you get the most 99 plus mile per hour fastballs that you've seen in recent history in one game. That's how special both of these talents are. So Spencer Strider facing off against Hunter Green. The key for the Braves is to see what they can do to work the count against Hunter Green, who, you know, has, you know, definitely at times not been able to harness in, you know, the amazing amount of overall talent that he has because he's been a bit wild at times. So the Braves could find early success, and if they could work up the pitch count for Hunter Green, that would be a huge boost to the Braves being able to find a way to get the victory done. Because Spencer Strider should be able to hold his own against the Reds' offense. Because another thing to watch in this game, with how the bullpen, you know, struggled, you know, uh, on Monday with, you know, the fact that last night that many, you know, of the Braves' middle relievers had to work in the game because Kyle Wright was only able to go three innings. The Braves being able to get five, six, seven innings out of Spencer Strider will be huge, especially with the fact that the Braves will have a much-needed off day on Thursday. So looking to get the series win, a very, very, very exciting matchup when it comes to Spencer Strider versus Hunter Green. Hope everybody that's at Truist Park enjoys the heck out of that matchup. But for the Braves, it, it they put themselves in a pretty good position coming off the weekend. Two straight wins, the offense getting back into its groove. You're starting to see signs of life. You're starting to see needed contributions from others in the lineup outside of Acuna, um, uh, Austin Riley, and Matt Olson. You know, as we talked about, Sean Murphy has been very good at the plate over the past couple of games. Obviously, Ozzie Albies being able to contribute last night. Sam Hilliard doing a great job, you know, in, in replacing uh, Michael Harris II in the short term. You're starting to see some of the depth of the Braves lineup really start to contribute. So that's been an excellent development. So if the Braves can find a way to get the job done tonight, they're 9-4, entering a much-needed off day, though they'll be going on the road. They have another series coming up against Kansas City in which the Braves should be able to find a way to win the series. And now you start to get into mid-April and you start to get into some of these, you know, really major contributors like Max Fried, Travis Darno, um, Rysel Iglesias and others. You start to get closer to when they may be back available you really start to see that despite the struggles of the Braves over the last over the past weekend with San Diego, the Braves are in a pretty enviable position. And due to their offense, due to their depth, due to at times their stars really having great starts to the season, there's been many reasons why the Braves potentially could be nine and four. You know, by the end of the night, if the Braves can finish off the Reds, get this series sweep, they're going to enter Thursday with one of the best records in the National League, and they've been able to do it by while also navigating tough waters, and they'll only start to get stronger as time goes on. I'm not sitting here saying the Braves are going to, you know, take a stronghold on the NL East that they're not going to relinquish for the rest of the season, but you really have to be encouraged, especially if the Braves can get the job done tonight. You really have to be encouraged with a 9-4 and four start to the season, with how many injuries the Braves have had to deal with, with some of the slow starts that they've had to deal with. The Braves have to be pleased with where they are, and hopefully they'll continue to play well, and they'll get even stronger talent-wise 
as big talents return from injuries. So enjoy tonight. Spencer Strider versus Hunter Green. There's going to be plenty of velocity, plenty of strike strikeouts, hopefully a lot more on the red side than the Braves side. And the Braves will be able to get the job done and enter the off day on Thursday with a series sweep. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Make sure you check out all the great podcast content on the Braves podcast on the Battery Power Podcast Network. Just hit that subscribe button and you'll get the latest content when it's available. Again, my name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. Go Braves. We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer. (laughs) 